Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for being so wonderful to us in this day. Thank you for your healing, God. You touched us this morning. You allowed these bodies to function just as you created them. So we thank you for it. We thank you, God, for the fitness of mind. God, we can hear and understand. We thank you, God, for right relationships. Thank you for our relationship with you. And God, we thank you that that relationship allows us to have a relationship with one another. So we thank you for it. We thank you, God, for being a God of provision. We believe that you have provided everything that we need for this day because it was you who taught us to say, give us this day our daily bread. So God, we thank you for it. Now God, we thank you for what you're about to do in our midst. God, we're open to receive and we give you praise for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You have your Bibles this morning. Go with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Verses, let's begin at 120, at uh, verse 21. It says, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind <clears throat> by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. And verse 23 is, the remedy, if we ever get to it, we're working that way. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Uh, last week we talked to you on the subject of the spirit uh, excuse me, spiritual insurrection. I want to just do part two of that this morning because I want to continue in that same thought, uh, the spiritual insurrection. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, some of the things we told you last week, of course, is that uh, sin always begins in the heart. In other words, uh, sin is not your actions. It's the result of what your thoughts have provoked. The Bible says that uh, sin manifests itself in overt deeds. That's why Matthew says it this way in Matthew chapter 27 and 28, uh, 5, 27, 28. He says, you have heard that it was said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has, and here it is, already committed adultery with her in his heart. The act is conceived in your heart before your body actually goes to work. Galatians 5.19 says this, 
Now the works of the flesh are evident. And we don't need to go through all of them because you know what they are. So the Bible says that uh, a thought can be conceived and, and then uh, the act follows the thought. Amen. So we told you last week that there were three kinds of people. Uh, the Bible talks about the natural man. The natural man, we told you the natural man cannot understand or process spiritual things. Then there is the spiritual man. The spiritual man understands the things of God. But then he says there's a third man in First, uh, first Corinthians chapter 3. He says that's a carnal man. The carnal man is the one who has the spirit but doesn't act on the spirit. Amen? Now, now, to show you that, the Bible says this in verse 21. He says, you were once alienated. To be alienated means that we are no longer in close relationship uh, with Christ. Amen? So the Bible says that the, the, the carnal man is separated from Christ even though he possessed the spirit of Christ. Okay, let me put it another way because I'm going too slow, I think. Have you ever sinned since you've been saved? That, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Folks say that explains it, right? So you were carnal at some point in time. Oh, my. Let's go on back to 1 Corinthians and look at that because, see, <laughs> I keep forgetting now. We're, we're good saints here. This, 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 ain't no, this ain't no novice crowd. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, uh, and I, brethren, 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 that's the key right there. He says what? Brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So what is he saying? A carnal person is a babe in Christ. Amen? So we know what's right, but we don't always do what's right. Babes, like babies, they, they respond uh, to natural stimuli. Amen. And they just do what comes naturally. Okay? So we know that there is a, such a thing as a carnal Christian. Amen? Amen. Keep that in mind. Then we told you this, that the process of, of conversion begins with right thinking. But it's right thinking about God. That means that you have to understand when we say right thinking about God, it means that Christ loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us, according to what scripture says in Romans 5 and 8, while we were yet sinners. Amen? While we were yet sinners. Amen? So the Bible says that the right response, then, of a reasonable person a reasonable person. Listen to me very carefully because we're talking about that spirit of insurrection. A reasonable person will always weigh both sides of an issue. If you consider both issues and then make a decision, it depends, your decision will depend on whether you are acting naturally or carnally. In other words, am I doing what I feel 
or am I doing God's will? And sometimes the two are not the same. Just because you feel it don't mean it's right. <clears throat> okay. So the Bible says that uh, these people, these people who are alienated, says the Bible says they are enemies. They are estranged from God. They're separated from God. They're separated from God. It's like uh, a man and a woman who are married, but they're not living together. They're still married, and they still have a legal covenant, but they're not living together. So they're not living according to the covenant, but they still have a covenant. Y'all still with me? Amen. So the Bible says uh, they worship false gods and their religious rituals will not take care of their sin or their guilt. Now, uh, in Second Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, it says, for even if they are uh, a so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us. Here's what it says, for us. He says, there is one God, the Father, of whom all things, uh, all, are all things, and we for him, and the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things, and through whom we live. Then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you was called and one hope of your calling. So the Bible <clears throat> teaches us then that even though uh, we can deal with things in a, quote, spiritual manner, if we're not spiritual people operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, it still becomes carnal. Amen. Amen. So then, the Bible says these evil works then reveal the heart of the matter, which is our mind or our disposition. The estrangement then becomes a matter of the heart. Uh, our sinful practices and attitudes cause us to reveal what our heart really believes. Amen? So the Bible says now, this estrangement is not due to ignorance. You cannot plead ignorance. It is wrong for any saint to say, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. You don't believe me. I know you don't. The Bible is very clear, amen, that our, our, our sinful behavior is because most people operate with a dual soul. Hmm? What does that mean? Well, James 1 and 8 says this. He is a double-minded man. That's a two-souled man, unstable in all his ways. Now, that person is that way because... They have worked at being that way. You don't wake up one day and decide, I'm going to do everything wrong. Hmm? Matthew chapter 6 says this in verse 24, that you can't serve two masters. Huh? 
But there are a lot of people who believe that you can. Now, this leads me to, to, to go off script for just a minute or two. <clears throat> Turn to Romans chapter 7. Uh, look at, uh, let, let's start with verse 6. The Bible says, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the letter. Now, you are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. So you should be led by the spirit. But look at what 7 says. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. Now, now listen, he said, I wouldn't know to do it wrong unless there was a law somewhere that said, don't do that. <laughs> now, somebody says, well, that's how I got to that point, Pastor. You say me, told me, don't say, I didn't know. Well, the truth is, you did know. Now, let me back up a moment. Look at Romans chapter 1. Verse 18 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Revealed from where? Yes. Against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress the truth. What? They suppress the truth. The Bible says, verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. Did you not know right from wrong before somebody told you something was wrong? Sure you did. There was something in you. Amen? Second Peter. I'm getting back to the text here in just a minute. <clears throat> Second Peter. I know there's a lot of pages to get to it. Chapter 2. Now, this is talking about false teachers here. And it says, uh, they speak, verse 18, great swelling words uh, of emptiness and allure through the lust of the flesh. So when you follow fleshy people, they will lead you into fleshy behavior. Are, are y'all still with me? And he goes on, verse 19 says, while they promise liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption by whom a person is overcome and by him also he is brought into bondage. Again, if you listen enough to a person who is telling you the wrong thing, you will soon identify with the wrong. Listen, even if you don't identify with what they're saying, you will identify with the person. Okay, now you slow on that. That's why you still have friends that act crazy, uh, excuse me, uh, different while you are still saved and hanging with them. And you will say, well, I don't do what they do. Well, why are you still hanging with them? There's something about them that's drawing you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be free. 
Verse 20 says this, for if, here it is now, if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord uh, and Savior, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter, uh, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Now, if I get to it next week, the title of next week's message is called The Reckoning. In my neighborhood, they say, it's always a payday someday. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I'm telling you is that uh, I don't care what my friends say or do. I'm not going to be drawn into their behavior and I'm not going to continue to hang with them if their behavior is contrary to the word of God. Because their, their, their very presence in my life creates an issue for me. I should not have to spend my time trying to figure out what you're doing is right or wrong. Because that gets me off of my game. I should know that what I'm doing is right and you're doing it too, so I agree with you. Okay, we're still together here. So then, the Bible says the mag uh, magic. <laughs> uh, I'm reading stuff. I need some new glasses. The image <laughs> of conversion here highlights the importance of right thinking for making right responses to God. Now, if your thinking is off, you'll respond wrongly. If you respond wrongly, then you will become a casualty. You'll be placed in bondage. And what happens is a lot of saints started out being good Christians, but they got influenced by carnal Christians, and they're no longer spiritual people, but carnal people. Okay, let me stop here because so many people say, uh, you trying to tell me I need to cut my friends loose? No, I don't know your friends, okay? I don't know anything about you or your friends. All I'm saying is that if you wake up every morning doing the wrong thing, you need to just go through your checklist. Find out if it's me. Is it my friends? Huh? Is it some other spirit? I'm going to figure it out, and then I'm going to start distancing myself. <clears throat> As one person said, don't, don't, listen, don't backslap, you moonwalk on way. Uh. <laughs> you need to be in perpetual motion. Get away from them. <clears throat> so first, uh, excuse me, Colossians 1 and 9 says this, for this reason, we also, since we heard of it, uh, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled, be filled with the knowledge of his will and our wisdom and spiritual understanding. Then it says in verse 10 that you may walk worthy of the Lord, be worthy of this calling that you have. And the Bible says, 
fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is what we're missing is that folk are not increasing in the knowledge of God. If you keep watching, uh, and I, 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 I can't even plug all this stuff now, social media, uh, you should not get your news and you certainly shouldn't get your salvation from online. And look, just because somebody sends you a scripture of the day don't mean that that scripture is for you today. Do you understand this? If the scripture of the day is do what you do quickly, it may be buying a house. And then next week you say, I should have thought about that. But I got the scripture today says, do what you do quick. And I just know that was a word for me. Okay, I ain't going there. So when the Bible talks about this evil or this, 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 this uh, uh, bad behavior on the parts of carnal saints, the Bible is talking about folks who are actually uh, perverted and they are, they're consumed with the arrogance of their knowledge. Have you ever been in the company of people who overwhelm you with scriptures? Well, you know, and so and so it says, and then it says, and so and so. You don't have time to think. And you're thinking, wait a minute, hold it. That don't, that don't make sense. That don't go. Make sure that what you're giving people is in context of what you're talking about. <laughs> now, the Bible teaches us that the people who lead you astray are usually the best and the brightest of the group. You wouldn't follow a slow person, now let's be honest. That's why people work so hard to get rid of their southern accent. When you're talking to people kind of like this right here, it's not that they don't know what they're talking about, but it just takes you so long to get to what they are talking about that you really don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but here's the problem. Okay, let me get <laughs> Here's, here's the situation. These people, these false teachers, these folk that lead you astray are not only the, the best and the brightest of the group, they're people who are very charismatic and they have gifts and they have skills. The problem is they don't use them for Christ. They use them for themselves, building themselves up, and they are drawing people to them rather than Christ. And the problem is, is that uh, because they, they, they have the, the, the accolades and the attention of, of 
the public, they believe that they also have uh, that same uh, respect from God. Mm -hmm. See, some people will tell you, uh, uh, I only want a word from so-and-so. I only want so-and-so laying hands on me. Hmm? If I want counsel, I'll always call so-and-so. If you have a go-to person, you probably going to go to. Uh, now, you figure that out. These people, according to scripture, have made a reasoned decision against the truth and the values of the gospel. Now, a reasoned decision against the truth and the gospel is what got us in the mess we're in today. Both as a church and a nation. Come on, Holy Spirit, don't make me say this. When, 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 when a leader tells a lie and tells the same lie over and over and the church supports the lie, then the church has a problem discerning what truth is. Did I do that politically correct? Psalms 119, uh, verse 130. Psalms 119, verse 30. Uh, the Bible says that the entrance of your word gives light. Is that what it says? The entrance of your word, it gives light. If it's not the word, it does not bring light. Hmm? And listen to this. Matthew chapter uh, 10, verse 38 says that you cannot serve two masters. Amen? And see, that's what we try to do when we walk on both sides of the fence. You cannot serve two masters. Amen? So the Bible says uh, this mindset is alienated from God and uh, has learned to think about Christ's death as foolishness. Now, I'm going somewhere, so just bear with me. When people believe that the death and resurrection of Christ is foolishness, you need to back away. Now, hold on before you make judgment, because most people say, I would never, ever hang with anybody who didn't believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. Amen? Hmm. Well, let's do a little history check. How many people realize that in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. And the Bible says that there was a tree of good and evil. 
And the Bible says that uh, there was a tree of life. Y'all remember that? And the Bible says very clearly now, here's what it says. It says, in the day that you eat of it, this, this tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says you will what? Is that what the Bible says? Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. But Genesis 3 and 4 says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Now, stay with me because this is important. The Bible says, in the day that they ate, their eyes were open, and the Bible says they died. Wait, wait a minute, they died? I didn't see that. Where, where did it say they died? Well, here's what the Bible says, that when God saw what they had done, he covered their sin but he put them out of eternity. Eternity being the place where they could live forever. On the day that they got put out, that was the day they began to die. We are confused because death didn't come instantaneously so we assume that if something happens we got time now can I be the first to tell you this morning you don't have time no 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 you don't have time see whatever time you had before you heard this mm -mm. you cannot listen you cannot defy the word of God and not surely die. Do we understand? No, we don't understand. I declare we don't. Because if we did, we wouldn't keep doing what we do. The Bible said in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 5 and 6, the Bible says, but she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Hmm? That's why the devil spends most of his time trying to put pressure on you to conform to the world's system. That's why Romans 12 and 2 says that you are not to be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. The world wants to kill you. Listen, false teachers want you to die because they are already dead. Oh. The Bible says that you cannot conform to this world because you are not of this world. Amen. Look at uh, John chapter 8, verse 23. The Bible says, and he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. 
you are of this world. I am not of this world. Amen. And then look at uh, John chapter 17, verse 14. He says, I have given them your word and the word uh, the world has hated them because they are not of the world. The world hates you because what? You are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. See, again, we can't plead ignorant. So the Bible says because they believe the lie, and, and, and when you start to quote scripture, stop saying a lie, because it is. It's only one lie. The lie is you will surely not die. That's the lie. I can sin with impunity and nothing will happen. That's the lie. Something will happen and it happens the moment you sin. Now, can I just give you a, a quick scenario of how I believe, okay? You don't have to ascribe to my theory. But here's what I believe. I believe that if there was, quote, time to figure all this stuff out, then God would not have said, Adam, where you at? I think he would have just waited around and said, hmm? See, I told you so. No, he didn't do that. He went after him. <laughs> and why do you think he went after him? Because God knows today, as he knew in Genesis, that you don't have the ability or the inclination to do the right thing. So he takes the initiative. Come on. He takes the initiative and sends Jesus to cover you. Which is what he did here. A blood sacrifice to cover you because he knows you don't have enough sense to do the right thing. That's why you need Christ. Unsaved people do different stuff. <laughs> so the Bible teaches us this now. Let's, let's, let's go on here. He says this lie. The first man and woman told caused them to experience immediate spiritual death and then ultimate physical death. See, we always die spiritually before we die physically. Whew. There are three forces in. Uh, uh, in the world that encouraged man in his disobedience, the world system, the devil, and your own flesh. Yeah. And most times it's your own. Mm. 
but the devil can't be everywhere all the time. So why is he always up in your business? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. And verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, and here it is, principalities, powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You're not fighting with the devil. You're fighting with those minions that he sent on assignment. Hmm? You're fighting with everybody who is under the influence of the devil. Let me say that again. You're fighting with everybody who is under the influence of the devil which means it may not be a person who is oppressed, uh, excuse me, possessed by the devil, but they are oppressed by the devil. And some days, folks, you become soldiers in Satan's army. And I won't tell you how. The Bible says in John 12, 31, now uh, the judgment of this uh, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of the world will be cast out. So the world system is controlled by who? The devil. OK. The Bible says the heavens belong to God. The earth he's given to the children of men. <laughs> So in Ephesians chapter two, verse two, here's what it says. In which you walked, uh, once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of, power, prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Anytime you disobey the word, it means that you are operating under the power of Satan. Not sometimes, anytime. Anytime you go contrary to what scripture teaches, you are now operating under the power of the prince of the air. See, I said I wasn't going to tell you how, but I just did, didn't I? <laughs> uh, Ephesians 5 and 6 says this. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon what? The sons of disobedience. Now, the sons of disobedience, the Bible calls the sons of disobedience, those people who are following the devil, not Mr. Devil. but devil's children. <laughs> that don't sound good, that devil's children. <laughs> Might be one or two of them somewhere around. Uh, <laughs> the unsaved multitudes in today's world system uh, disobey God because they believe the lies of Satan. And this is how we get, this is the, the, the genesis of an insurrectionist. The spirit of insurrection is unbelief of what God has said. In other words, when I disavow 
I disavow the authority of Christ. That is what we call spiritual insurrection. I am now openly defying Christ and I'm saying that my authority is better than his. This happens more than you could ever believe. It comes in simple things. We have to teach people, and I'm, I'm about to stop here because I want to editorialize for a moment. We have to teach people that uh, when there, there are things that, that scripture has spelled out, you don't have to go on no three-day fast. You ain't got to roll around the floor calling out for God. What are you doing? I'm tearing for the Lord. No, you being disobedient. Get up and do what he told you to do. But this is where you start to add now, and I'm talking to Christians now, so I'm going to make sure we don't, you know, miss this. This is where we start to add ritual to the word. And the Bible doesn't give us a ritual for the word. It gives us obedience to the word. And if it's not obedience, then it's disobedience. God said, go. I'm going to pray. You know what he told Moses? Moses said, I don't know now. That's some rough looking sea out there. I think we need to have a prayer meeting to decide how we're going to get across this ocean. Now, you know, when Moses was writing this thing, he was very eloquent. I think what he said, was, God said, well, will you get your feet in the water and stop wasting my time? <laughs> no, no, we laugh, but here's what I'm saying to you. That when God has prepared a miracle, why are you waiting to receive it? He said, by his stripes, I'm healed. But I'm going to believe it next week. No. I believe it right now. He says, if he says I'm saved, I believe I'm saved. I'm going to act like I'm saved. And I'm not going to let you tell me no unsaved lies. Well, pastor, sometimes it's hard to just make a change like that. That's why you have to be in the word. You have to study this word to show yourself approved. In other words, you need to know that when I hear something that sounds like it is spiritual, I, if I don't believe it, look it up. But I don't need to waste a lot of time asking God, is this you? Because if you don't know that it's him, it ain't him. You won't know more about God in three days of rolling around on the floor than you did when he first spoke to you. Well, why do we take three days? I'm going to take three days, three days and seven days. Because, you know, here again, we're being religious. Because that, that speaks of perfection. That is completion.
well, how come you didn't take, take that same word when Paul said that you had to give and he said you need to complete the doing of what, what you wanted to do? How come you don't take the same word? Now you need three days? <laughs> so the Bible says Satan was a liar from the beginning. The Bible says that he plunged the human race into sin and the unsaved multitudes today uh, disobey God because of that lie. When a person believes and practices a lie, he becomes a child of disobedience. That's why the Bible says you have to repent and you have to be reconciled. Amen. So uh, to admit that our experience with God's shalom is peace does not depend on our social status or our individual talent, but solely on God's grace is a transition from the ways of the world. In other words, it's hard for people to just to say, you know what, I was wrong. You know today, and I've taught y'all this before, and I need to tell you three or four more times, three or four hundred more times. If you're wrong, just say you're wrong. Hmm? Stop dragging other people in your mess. I did it because. I did it because I did it because I did it because listen to me. Where have you heard these words before? Saul. That's the spirit of Saul. When you tell me I did it because no, you did it because you didn't want to do what was right. You couldn't just say, I'm sorry. No, no, no. But if you hadn't done so-and-so, then. You know, you trip over somebody's feet and say, you got your feet all in the place. If I wouldn't have fallen, I wouldn't have fallen if you hadn't put your feet in the aisle. So the person got one foot and you got two eyes and you Bible says in order for this to occur, there needs to be a paradigm shift. You got to stop the way you were thinking. Amen. The Bible says that uh, you have to, to remember that if you are alienated from Christ, you are removed from the, the promises of God's blessing. That means that uh, if your mind is opposed to God, as most saints are, amen, and most saints are. Now, now somebody say, well, he, he can't talk about it. No, saints are the most contrary people. Remember what I said earlier, okay, and, I, and I know some of y'all are going to get mad with me. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. I've lived a good life. No regrets. No regrets. But what we need to understand is that saints are still moved by feeling when they should be moved by faith. You don't need feeling to get a miracle. You need faith. 
It happens because I believe, not because I feel. <laughs> now, as we said earlier, these people would not naturally choose another course of action. That's why God took the initiative. Uh, uh, and I gave you Romans 5 and 8. But the Bible teaches us it's not enough to profess Christ. A person must live for Christ. A person who professes Christ and does not live for Christ is living a lie. Hmm? And we have too many living liars. Amen. Now, James said this in, in James 4 and 8. He says, draw near and he will draw to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. And here it is again, from 1 and 8, you double-minded. Amen? See, if you have a double mind about who Christ is, then you cannot accept or receive the blessings of Christ. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And if he's Lord of all, then you can't complain about how he blesses you or when he blesses you. So this brings us to verse 23 for next week. <laughs> you have to continue in Christ. That is an essential. You have to continue. It is the one who continues uh, in reconciliation with God that gets reconciled back to God. Amen? Stand up on your feet. I got my clock back so I know what to do now. This is a simple process, really, but we complicate it. We make it hard, but let's make it easy. Here's what the Bible says, that everybody knows about Christ. However, not everybody will acknowledge that they know about Christ. So therefore, when it comes time to act or behave a certain way, you behave based on how you think. But you only think based on your exposure. In other words, if you are exposed to the right stimuli, if you go to a class and the teacher gives you instructions and, and gives you examples or what have you, then you have the capabilities to follow that. Amen. If you receive that and then you deviate from it and it does not work, the Bible says that is a spirit of disobedience and that will not work. If it does not work, then you have to come back to the original plan if you expect to be successful. Now, what's happening in our society is that we have allowed the, uh, the, the lie to be circulated. Now, I'm not talking about politics now, I'm talking about church. The lie that we can sin and nothing happens. The truth is that uh, the wages of sin, Romans 6.23, is what? Death. Genesis says that the moment that they disobeyed God, that they uh, uh, rebelled against God, they died. 
the result of your sin today is exactly as it was then. It is death. Spiritual death first, then natural death. Amen. You know how long it took for Adam to die. Amen. Sometimes you, you, you take a long time to die too. But you are still, as the Bible said, dead in your sin and trespass. You're still walking around, but you're making everybody else pay the penalty for sin. Now, I call it a spirit of insurrection because the people who are complaining, the people who are unhappy in Christ, are people who want you unhappy in Christ. That's why you have to make a decision. You have to make a conscious decision. Now, I want to say one more thing before we pray. You only go to heaven alone. Hmm? I don't care about your friends or family. You still have to die. Now, the Bible teaches us that God don't wait. He, he doesn't wait on you. He takes the initiative. That's why even today, today, what's the day, 24? October 24, 2021, God sent me. He sent Brother Jones. He sent everybody who's around to speak into your life to say, you need to get saved. If you're not saved, you need to at least get reconciled if you're a carnal Christian. This is the message. He's saying that you can have eternal life or you can have eternal damnation, but the choice has got to be yours. Now, last but not least, look at your life. Look at your life. Don't look at mine. Look at your life. How does it measure up with that of a saint? When I pray, do I get an answer? Huh? When I have a need, is provision available? Hmm? When I'm sick, can I pray and get healed? When I'm broke. God always sends me good friends. My point is, look at your life. You look at your situation. If things are working together for your good, stop listening to the naysayers. Stop listening to people who are telling you it don't take all that. Stop listening to people who are saying, oh, I don't believe that. Don't listen to them. So here's my prayer this morning. If your life is not all it could be, if you're not living the abundant life, see, it's not enough to have enough. <laughs> Can I? Oh, Lord, I need to finish this. It's not enough to have enough because if you have enough and don't have any more, you are selfish. You can't help anybody. So you have to live in the land of more than enough. And when you get to that place, then you know that God is in the mix. If you're not living that kind of life, 
Come on, I want you to step out in faith, and we're going to pray for you while we're praying.